1: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Hi there, hockey fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined by my co-host, AJ Scholz hosting RotoWire's Hockey Podcast Show. We've already seen some games from the World Cup, so hockey is already being played around us, AJ. I'm looking forward to the uh, opening of the NHL training camps and the NHL season. Both of those are getting very close. Have you got any thoughts about the first few games of the tourney that b- we've been watching?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, welcome, hockey fans. Thanks for uh, joining us here. Um, my, my first impression is, you know, what, what's wrong with team USA? I mean, they looked absolutely horrific. Um, they just don't seem to be on the same page. I don't know if it's coaching or lack of team unity. Um, but I'd be shocked if they made it out of the group stage, they'd have to get past Canada to do that. And, and I just don't see that happening. Um, on the flip side, I, I don't think anything's been more exciting to watch than, than those young guns on team North yeah. America. Uh, They had the loss last night to Russia, um, but I I still see them potentially going up against Team Canada in the finals. Uh, Good chance to win, but as a Penguins fan, I never bet bet against uh, Sidney Crosby.
2: (laughs) Well, that's a good call. Last night may have been the most exciting game of the tournament when uh, the young guns uh, got edged by the Russians. Uh, They put up a heck of a fight. They threw about 50 shots on goal, and uh, the Russian goaltending was the difference in that one but uh, as a leaf fan i was pretty pleased by the fact that two of the young guns goals were scored by austin matthews and morgan riley so there may be hope for a team that finished last in the league last year but uh, and this tournament is something that i'm really warming up to uh, i uh, love the pace and, and i like the fact even that t- team euro has uh, stepped up and, and pulled off a couple of upsets when uh, a lot of prognosticators around here, AJ, were calling that team the worst one in this tournament. But uh, here they sit 2-0, and 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 they're a legitimate threat to go uh, to go forward into the next round. So some surprises early on, but uh, the hockey's been fabulous, and, and what a speed, what a pace that, uh, that we've, been, we've seen so far. Uh, I'm looking forward to more in the next few days. But uh, back to what we're trying to do here. This week's show we'll focus on the we- uh, metropolitan division of the eastern conference we gave you the atlantic uh, division last week and uh, but before we get started aj and i need some help here we we want you to help us in naming our podcast we've got a kind of a generic one the Rotowire hockey podcast uh, which kind of tells the truth but we want you to come up with something a little uh, jazzier uh, and uh, a little more of a hockey theme to it than than that something that you can use your imagination to come up with something. We want you to tweet your suggestions to us or message us any way you can, but uh, you can tweet us at statsman22 and at ajscholls24. The winning entry will get one month of free premium access to the entire Rotowire website, and I can tell you that's a great value. They cover all the sports scenes. And they do it in a depth that uh, is almost unequalled anywhere. We've already received some pretty good ones, uh, AJ. You and I haven't compared notes yet, but I know the people that have sent to me have sent some really creative ones, and uh, I'm looking to f- for more of the same. We are going to say that the deadline will be Tuesday, October four, when we bring you our fourth and final division preview show. Now, AJ, you're going to be the guy that sets it up because uh, tell tell the folks what you do at RotoWire.
0: So yeah, in addition to the the podcast here and helping out with our hockey coverage. I'm also part of our customer support team, uh, helping out with uh, you know questions about uh, access to the website, uh, content on the website. So yeah, we'll get you set up with that that free month of access for for our winning entry. Um, looking forward to it.
2: All right, well let's uh, get into the teams now. AJ, first up, the Carolina Hurricanes, who finished sixth in this division with a 35 and 31 and six record. I see uh, this is an interesting mix of forwards. They've got no clear-cut number one center, which is, I think, a bit big deficiency here, but uh, three guys that can certainly put up in the area of 50 points uh, in the middle of the line. So that's that's fairly good uh, depth. I mean, the the floor is pretty high. The ceiling is not high enough in this case, in my my opinion. And nonetheless, I see the forwards lining up this way. They got Jeff Skinner uh, on the left side with Jordan Stahl, a superior defensive uh, uh, center who was who forced by... The, the quality around him to be a number one or a top six forward here anyway and lee stentniak who showed well last season in a in an attempt to get a free agent contract he secured one he played very well for new jersey now last year and parlayed that into a new contract in carolina and should see top six minutes here too then i look on the second line and the name that i'm looking for forward to step forward is sebastian aho 19 year old left winger he was a second round pick last year and uh, one of the, f- the leading edge of a stream of finnish uh, talents that is really emerging uh, on uh, on their development side uh, over there they got a great young program and he'll be joined by fellow finn uh, timo teravainen who uh, was plucked from the chicago blackhawks uh, they got too much talent over there in chicago and the cap issues that forced uh, the trading of Terevanen and he's going to be in a good situation the top six guy in in uh, this circumstance in Carolina and Elias Lindholm will round out that unit uh, giving it a real European flavor on that second line third line will be another line that has some European flavor in it and jo- Joachim Nordstrom Victor Rask and Philip Di Giuseppe of these three Rask is a guy we've penciled in a third liner but he has the skill to move up very quickly and may even challenge for a top Top line role. Uh, that's how good he is in terms of potential. And and he's a guy that we pencil in, like I say, for about fifty point season. All three of the centers are in the fifty to sixty range in my opinion. AJ, your reaction to my comments.
0: I'm I'm right there with you. Um I, you know, as you mentioned, the the big acquisition uh in uh Tervanen coming over from the Hawks uh in exchange really for just taking on some of that, that bad cap uh, space. You got Brian Bickle's deal at at $4 million. Um, And and I would see uh, Timo getting right around that 13 goals, 22 helpers that he had last season, um, right around there, maybe exceed that a little bit. And I think the big question for him is going to be whether he can handle the pressure of being a top six forward uh, now that he's kind of out of that that shadow in Chicago of guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Um, The other player I expect big things out of, as you also mentioned, uh, Victor Rask. Definitely could hit that 50-point mark this year again. Um, you know, he's, he's gets pushed down to the third line, probably would be a second-line um, center on most other teams. Um, defensively, there's a lot of unknowns, but I see it kind of playing out this way. Uh, Noah Hannafin on the top with ju- uh, Justin Falk. And then I actually have Matt Tennyson here uh, with Jakob Slavin, and then Brett uh, Pisci and Ryan Murphy kind of rounding out that last group. And that would make Tennyson the old man of that squad at 26 uh, with Falk right behind him at 24. Uh, They're a relatively young group and untested, but at the same time they might just be too inexperienced to know that they're supposed to struggle.
2: Yeah. They've got some interesting names here. Of course, Hannafin is that stud defenseman that a lot of teams really covet and you need that centerpiece on the blue line. And uh, this young man has all the skills. He was a very high draft pick a, a short while ago, a year and a half ago now. And, uh, I think that pairing with Falk, who's one of the top power play specialists... Uh, in terms of defensemen around the league is, is, is going to be a good one to help him uh, hone his offensive skills but this guy can play both ends of the rink another name I'll throw in as a veteran uh, factor here is Ron Hainsey he's had some injury troubles the last couple of years but he's a guy who's had been able to put up some points and play some power play time he'll be there more of a teacher though to guys like Tennyson and Slavin and that's why I put him in kind of the second tier of defensemen here you mentioned Pichy and and Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy's a guy that I know a little bit about and uh, former high draft pick really hasn't put it put it together it has all kinds of offensive skill but really not too uh, not too hot on the defensive side of the puck if he can figure it out this is a guy who again could could see his minutes rise and move up the ranks and, and he if he does get a regular shift he, he's a guy that could get 40 points in this in this mix so they've got some depth they've got a lot of youth and it'll be interesting to see this is going to be a group that's in flux and uh, plenty of movement around around uh, the first second and third pairings it'll be moving up and down all over the place so keep an eye on who's getting those power play minutes we suggest that there's three or four guys that are in contention right now of course hanafin leads the pack and then uh, in terms of the goaltending i see this as an interesting tandem there's there's some real experience here there cam ward is 32 eddie lack 28 i thought lack would be a guy who would transition into the top uh goaltending responsibility here but cam ward seems to find a way to hold on to that role and uh lack really hasn't taken that next step uh, aj how do you see this playing out i think it could be a pretty even split in terms of the distribution of games here
0: yeah i'm not totally sold on cam ward here um but i i think he's all they got um <laughs> you know he hasn't reached that that 30 win mark since the uh, 2011-12 season but lack hasn't been much better uh in relief uh last year he went 12 14 and six with A 2.81 goals against average, and it could really make uh, goaltending the Achilles heel of this team.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the things that they're looking for this to be a strength, but it, it's not looking that way to us either of us, and and could keep them in the bottom half of of the division one more season. But there's a lot of youth around this squad, and reason for optimism. And uh, so, uh, message to Carolina fans: don't lose heart. Your team is coming. They're rebuilding the right way. I think, in any case. Up next, we're going to take a look at another team that finished at, actually at the bottom of this division last year. Columbus Blue Jackets wound up with a 34-40-8 record. This is a team that is built to play a physical style of game, and you see it in the size of the forwards here that they, they can roll out. But it's becoming more of a speed game, and I think that's where they're caught in a, in a nutshell, if I can give a brief overview view that way. But up front, uh, their forward lines look as follows to us. Uh, they got Boone Jenner. On the left side, with Brandon Dubinsky, a very good puck distributor, and Cam Atkinson, a hardworking right winger, not too much flash and dash, but boy, they can bang with anybody, and uh, they'll create some turnovers. And uh, it'll be up to Dubinsky to try and distribute to the to the wingers to get the goals going here. Uh, Key addition, I think, on the left side on the second line, Brandon Saad, another guy who came out of the Chicago salary cap issues uh, and he's he's going to be there on the second line on left wing with alexander wenberg a talented center big center who who is again an, a very good puck distributor that's really the centerpiece of this offense is the guys that in the middle that move the puck around and uh, the toughness on the wings mike folino signifying that more than anybody almost with his physical nature he had a bit of a down year last year but he had a great year the year before looking for a rebound for this guy to get back into the 60 point range i think uh, you can make the case for all three of the forwards on that line. So uh, you can have a really strong top six here. Uh, another guy that I really like is one of the top power forwards in, in the last 10 years in hockey, but his career is kind of winding down. He's taken a beating uh, playing the game the way he does and I'm talking about Scott Hartnell. I'm sure he's not one of your favorites, AJ. I'll give you a chance to chime in on him. And he's going to be working with William Carlson, another talented pivot, and Oliver Bjorkstan, giving the third line a pretty Euro- neat Europe- European
0: flavor. A lot of skill on the top top. top nine forwards here. Yeah, definitely. Um, For me, this is probably the most confounding team in the NHL. They have the talent. um, You know, you look at their top uh, top line, they combined for 150 points last year, but somehow we're an astounding minus 39 as a group (laughs) Uh, of the top six. Only Brandon Saad had a positive plus minus last year at plus one. Uh, I have to imagine coach John Tortorella is not going to tolerate that type of poor defensive play from his forwards. Um, but unfortunately for this team, Torch is at a slight disadvantage by missing the start of training camp with Team USA at the World Cup. That hasn't been a successful um, endeavor for him. And yeah, as you mentioned, Scott Hartnell, uh, you know, great player, but has definitely been in the uh, a thorn in the side of Penguins fans everywhere for several years. <laughs> uh for for defensive pairings uh the the top pair there you got ryan murray uh pairing up with seth jones who in in my opinion they completely overpaid for this guy 5.4 million annual cap hit for a 30 point a year player who thus far uh, has added next to nothing on the power play is just way too much um i think they were afraid to lose him had to double down on what i feel like is an already bad deal uh when they shipped ryan johansson over And he's been an absolute stud for Nashville. Um, So, yeah, you know, Seth Jones, solid player, uh, definitely a a top defensive pairing guy. But I I think they're just overpaying him. Um, After those two, you got David Savard and Jack Johnson, uh, Zach Wierenski and Dalton Prout. Uh, what do you see there, Paul?
2: Well, I, I agree with you. the question mark around Seth Jones. It's interesting you mentioned his contract, but we see, we see too often that people get paid for what they've already done. This guy's getting paid for what they hope he can do, so it's going to be an interesting measuring stick to see if he can live up to that contract. Certainly the guy's got all the size and all the skill that you want in a, in a stud who should lead that defense, but he's got to deliver the goods now. The pressure's on him to do so, and he's got to take that next step. In his third professional year, we've seen that from a lot of defensemen out there. I like the second pairing that you mentioned, Savard and Jack Johnson. These guys both have an offensive upside as well, and so I can see a lot of the offense being generated from this blue line uh, pairing as well in, in a second-line scenario. So they got pretty good depth there, and I also want to keep my eye on Zach Wierenski, who's a young guy who is only 19 years old, and, and they're looking for him to make the grade this year, And but they'll insulate him in that third pairing until he gets a little more comfort to his game and some experience. I can see this guy moving into a top-four pairing, uh, top four tier uh, on this blue line very soon but they're going to give him a chance to get his feet wet so don't overpay for him in your draft but keep an eye on him because he's a guy that could be right up there with Jones in a couple of seasons as maybe that that'll be the top pairing going forward so that's the way I see that group there and then in goal we've seen an excellent performance from Sergei Bobrovsky in these in these uh, in the World Cup he's a guy that has a Vezina Trophy on his resume and he'll be backed by one of either Curtis McElhinney or Eunice Corposello but you can bet the farm that Bobrovsky is being penciled in for 60 games this season if he can stay healthy that's just the question mark on him and if he does it'll be a a big factor in in just how competitive this team is that's my view there
0: yeah you know I, I hate to keep harping on salary cap here but you know with all the teams looking for some help and goal I really think they need to ship Bobrovsky out. Um, you know, sometime before the trade deadline, they're paying just under seven point four million a year for a netminder who has had some injury struggles. He's looking great, um, as you mentioned at, at the World Cup. You know, only increases his trade value. Uh, if I'm in their front office, I'm honestly looking to split time. going to dig into my AHL uh, bag of tricks here, and uh, I would have them split time between Calder Cup champion Anton Forsberg. And fellow youngster, Yornis Corposalo, those guys posted 0.914 and 0.93 save percentages respectively in the AHL last year, Uh, shed that contract, let those two young guys battle it out for the starting job.
2: That's a brave call. Uh, You wonder if a team's going to finish at low in the standings and and you see some uh, opportunities here to parlay it into more assets in in, uh, what they're building over there. That, That might be an interesting scenario to keep an eye on. I like that call, AJ. Up next, we're going to take a look at the New Jersey Devils. This team is, you talk about a team that confounds you, this team is just, it looks like they're just an NHL filler. Uh, they don't do anything spectacular in the offseason to, to bolster an ordinary-looking lineup, so I think uh, they're going to stay in the bottom half of this division. They finished seventh last year with a 38-36-8 record. Their forward lines, uh, they made, of course, the one big trade, uh, Taylor Hall, who was uh, really... Uh, Identified as a problem child in in Edmonton with a, with the way that they took him out of there and made this deal, uh, they didn't get a lot of they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. In my opinion, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he looks in in the Devil's uniform. He'll be playing with a playmaking center. Uh, Adam Henrique, who I think is very underrated, this is a guy who can reach the seventy point plateau and uh, with a trigger man like Hall to his side he 's going to get a great opportunity and on the on the right flank Kyle is no slouch either. This is a unit where the wingers can I can see each of them getting like thirty goals in this in this setup with uh, Henrique, a very good distributor the, but the th- things tail off on the second line when you 've got the injury riddled Mike Camilleri and uh, same can be said for veteran Travis Sajak. these guys are on the downside of their career. Careers. They'll be working with the young guy who has been uh, highly touted, and uh, for a couple of seasons that's Devante Smith-Pelly, who is going to bring some sandpaper to this unit and could benefit from the experience that he'll gain playing with these guys. And I could see him uh, threatening the twenty-goal plateau. Uh, in fact, you can pencil in all three of these guys for that range, in my opinion. But it's just that I think that the speed of the game is. is over, going to overtake this, this group, make it tough for them to stay on the plus side of the plus-minus ledger. And then uh, things take another dip when they're going in, into the likes of Sergei Kalinin, Pavel Zaka, and Reid Boucher. Of these three, Boucher's a veteran plugger. Kalinin is an underwhelming uh, winger. Zaka is the guy to watch for here. A young, recent draft who has a ton of upside, but will be insulated by, by getting third-line minutes, getting his feet at the NHL level. Uh, young player to watch there.
0: Yeah, as you kind of mentioned, uh, none of these guys are particularly flashy players, uh, but that's also never been the devil's style. It's an organization that's built around solid goaltending and guys who can grind out those one goal games. Um, having said that, I, I do. I love the move for Taylor Hall. Uh, the cap hit a little pricey at six million, uh, but I'd expect him to put up around what he did last year, 26 goals, 39 assists. And it's also worth noting that he averaged over 19 minutes per game last year. That's on par with some defensemen in this league, and a, a perfect fit for New Jersey. Uh, on the on the back end, uh, you know you've got Andy Green and, and Damon Severson as that top pairing. Then John Moore, I, I look for him to pair up with the uh, uh, Ben Lovejoy who comes over from Pittsburgh. Rounding it out with John Merrill and uh, Steve Santini. My biggest concern with the group is the lack of power play producers. Uh, Moore is actually the leader with six points uh, on the man advantage last year. And without that help from the blue line, I'd expect their power play to really struggle. Uh, During uh, last season, they were 18.8% on the power play, which was actually ninth best in the league. I was kind of surprised when I looked that up. Um, But I just don't see them being able to maintain that conversion rate.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot to say here in terms of fantasy value. I guess the guy with the big upside of this group is Severson. I watched him during the AHL playoffs last season. And uh, he impressed me. This guy can play a lot of minutes, and he has some offensive upside, and that's why he'll get every chance to, to get involved in the power play and hopefully top that six points that you pointed out for, for Moore. Uh, Severson has the skill to do that easily, I think, and he'll get every opportunity working with another guy who can handle the puck back there, Andy Green. They're the clear, two clear uh, defensemen who have any offensive acumen in my opinion there's a real drop off to the likes of Lovejoy, Moore, Merrill and Santini not too much offense going to come from that group so real deficiency there in this lineup look for the top pairing to play a lot of the key power play and uh, top minutes with uh, frontline players. Uh, in terms of the goaltending here, Corey Schneider is one of the guys who, who gives this team some hope. I think AJ, when I look at this guy's record, he is coming into his 30 year old, uh, Camp um, Martin in his life, and and uh, that's kind of the middle of the road in in terms of a hockey career. And you wonder how many more years, good years, this guy's going to give him. But he is a workhorse type goalie that's going to keep them in more uh, more games than not. Kind of like the formula that they've always used here in in New Jersey: get the good workhorse goalie and hope that they can check their way into a one goal win that's going to be the formula again it's uh, t- tried and true in jersey i just think that they're in over their heads in this division and uh, the width with the way the game is played a lot of pressure on schneider he's going to see a lot of rubber this year and uh, despite the pedigree as a top tier goalie, he'll be hard pressed to duplicate the numbers that he put up last year, but I do see him getting 30 plus wins and trying to hold that goals against under 2.5 will be a big challenge for him. And uh, how well, how low it goes is going to go a long way toward the success of this team. And he'll be backed by either Ken Keith Kincaid or Anders Lindbergh. But these guys are nothing more than, uh, than uh, script holders. They'll they'll be holding a clipboard most of the season. I think there,
0: I agree with you on Corey Schneider. I, I was surp- I'm surprised to see he hasn't gotten to that 30 win uh, mark in the past, but I definitely think he could get there this year. Um, he's definitely no Marty Bredur, but he can help this team uh, get some wins. And, and I, I look at Keith Kincaid as a backup. Uh, you know, I don't see Anders Lindbach sticking around after his, uh, his tryout ends with the Devils. Um, you know, he might be able to show enough in some preseason games to land a, a spot somewhere else. But I think uh, Keith Kincaid is firmly cemented here as in the backup role.
2: And that, uh, I, that brings us to where the things get a little more interesting in this division for me. I, I like the New York Islanders squad. This is a team that finished with a 45-27-10 record, only good enough for fourth last year. That shows you the top-end quality at, at the, the top half of this division. Uh, they did suffer a couple of hits uh, in terms of free agent losses, though that's going to cause them to take a bit of a backward step. So they're, they're going to look a little bit different this year in that regard. But it's all it, to me, it begins and ends with John Tavares here, one of the top players in the game. He can play it any way you like. He can go around you or he go through you. He can play a 200-foot game solid defensively. And he's going to benefit from a reunion with a guy who I saw up close and personal in Toronto last year, P.A. Parento. This guy's a professional, uh, AJ, uh, professional hockey player, um, He's a guy who can make plays from the wing. That's a very rare skill in hockey these days. Most of the offense on the forward lines does come from the middle of the ice. But this guy's an underrated playmaker from the wing, and he and Tavares have a good history. And of course, uh, Andrew Ladd coming over. It's going to be a very interesting uh, mix here, a very physical top line, and uh, Parento should benefit from a lot more open ice. This guy reached the 20-goal plateau in Toronto, and I think he could get back there with the tandem that he's working with. Tavares will threaten for the scoring lead, and I think Andrew Ladd's another guy that can get upwards of 60 to 70 points as well in this unit. Drops off a little bit to the second line uh, with Nikolai Kuleman another guy that I remember from his Toronto days. He continues to be that solid two-way forward who is a good second, third liner who can get 15 to 20 goals and about 40 points. He'll work with Brock Nelson, who is a fi- uh, former high draft pick with the Islanders. Big size here with those two guys, and Anders Lee on the wing. Anders Lee was a great goal scorer last year. This is a unit that will insulate the top unit and not have them feel all the pressure of all the offense required to come from them. So a good top six here. And then the third line, where uh, Josh Bailey, Mark, Matthew Barzal, and Ryan Strom will fill out that unit. There is some offensive talent here, too. Strom is another one of these playmaking wingers. Josh Bailey, more of a finisher. The key here is how good is Barzal going to be I'm not sure what to say in terms of his ceiling, but uh, again, this is a guy who has lots of skills. If he can find a way to put it together, he may threaten Nelson for second-line minutes.
0: You can't say enough about this top line, Paul. Um, as you mentioned, Tavares is, is one of the best players in the league. They bring in Andrew Ladd, who is a near-lock to have a 25- and 30-year barring injury. And then, yeah, uh, P.A. Parento returns to New York a little bit older, but certainly no less talented. Uh, The problem for me is that I think they tail off a little bit after that. Uh, Kuhlman's production dropped off a bit last year. And let's not forget, Ryan Strom has yet to re-sign with the team. Uh, I I think all expectations are that he will. Uh, He doesn't really have a whole lot of other options out there, it doesn't seem like. But um, it is definitely a concern. And if things start to go south this year, their bottom six could become a revolving door of AHL guys.
2: Yeah, Uh, I like that call.
0: Yeah. If you, um, it's just, it's, it's concerning there. Um, you know, a lot of up and down, it, you know, a good way to test in, uh you know, for lack of a better term, blood, some of those young guys um, <laughs> looking at the, at the blue line combinations uh, you got Nick Letty and Travis Hammonick as a top pair. And if it, if this team's in playoff contention, it's going to be because of this blue line, especially that top pairing there, but even below Uh, Below those two, you got Calvin DeHaan and Johnny Boychuk, and then rounding it out with Thomas Hickey and Ryan Pulak. Um, And with the exception of Pulak, this entire squad is in their 20s. That's, you know, they're a great combination of youth and experience, none more so than Nick Letty. Career year last year uh, reached that 40-point mark. In addition, he averaged over three minutes per game on the power play just a, a fantastic uh, blue liner for them.
2: You know what? When the history of this team is written for this particular decade, it can all translate back to a day a couple of seasons ago where they picked up Letty and Hamanick when other teams were in salary cap jail. And the Islanders now have them penciled in as their top pairing for, since then. And it's elevated them into the contention for this division ever since they donned the islander uniforms that's how good these guys have been they brought instant offense instant credibility and a solid two-way play to the to the islanders blue line and then you add the likes of Dehaan, who is another guy who is highly skilled, who hasn't really made the transition to what the level that I expected of him. But he's a guy who's well-placed here in the second pairing with Johnny Boychuk, who has a rocket of a shot. This guy's sh- slap shot is very underrated. And if he gets power play minutes, he, he could see a spike in his scoring. But uh, right now, it looks like Letty and Heminick will, will do a lot of the heavy lifting as a pairing there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. How, how that turns out. Boychuk is another guy in the same mold when, when uh, they picked him up the same way they picked Leddy up. And, and it really has rounded out this team's blue line and taken them to the next level. I really like this six-pack on defense. Pulak is a guy who needs to pull up his socks a little bit to keep up with the other guys, but uh, there's a lot of talent and skill there. In terms of the goaltending, uh, yeah, Yarrow Halak and Thomas Grice will hold the fort. Halak is a guy who is capable of playing 50 to 60 games but just can't seem to stay healthy and Grice showed how uh, the importance of having a solid backup he delivered the goods last year when Halak went down and I think this split is going to be a little bit closer than, than it might have been anticipated a year ago so neither one of them looks like A top goalie one option in uh, in fantasy for season long but uh, I don't think there's a much of a drop off between the two of them so you'll find some value if you can snag if you need some depth in goal Grice will be a guy that certainly won't hurt you and based on Halak's injury history should get a shot to play uh, upwards of
0: 30 games this season yeah Paul I think goaltending is a weak link on this team Um, you know Halak has performed well at the World Cup uh, but his 30-win 2014-15 season feels more like an anomaly as opposed to the norm for him. And Grice, in, in my opinion, should be the starter here. Um, but I, I'm worried that by the time they make that change, um, it could be too late to salvage their season.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where it is, because Grice did close the gap between the two of them. But maybe Halak is ready to parlay his solid World Cup performance into a, a fuller campaign, hearkening back to his days in Montreal, where he did... Put up some pretty nice seasons there. Uh, we're getting to the top of the standings now when we look at the la- remaining teams here. The next team in our profile is the New York Rangers, who were third in this group last season with a 46-27-9 record. They've got uh, a lot of veterans uh, on their top, uh, top line that will hopefully lead this squad uh, like they, they hope. Rick Nash, Derek Stepan, Matt Zuccarello. Nash is a year removed from a 40-goal season. He had dropped off a little bit last year, and they hope that he can come back. But this is a guy who has a, a bit of a Red Cross-type history as well. Stepan, for his uh, uh, record, he's been a guy who's been more of a second-line center. I don't see him as a, the upper-echelon first-liner and and that could be a bit of a drawback to the Ranger offense this guy is a pretty good playmaker very defensively responsible but i don't think he's properly cast as the first line uh, center. It's just by default that he might have to play that role this year. And Matt Zuccarello is a fan favorite there. And I really like the way this guy plays the game. High pace. He's one of those playmaking wingers. And I think he has what it takes to be the leading scorer on this team, such as it is. And, and I pencil him in for something in the range of 60 to 70 points again. The second line, uh, another winger that I really like, plays the game at a breakneck speed and when you're as big as Chris Kreider that can be a scary thing for opponents he'll be partnered with Mika Sabanajad who makes his ranger debut coming from Ottawa in a trade that saw Derek Brassard go the other way Mika Ibanajad is a guy who could be cast as a first-line center if things go uh, to his potential uh, this season. He's another one of these playmaking guys who plays the game at a high pace, so him and Kreider, that will be an interesting pairing, and Jesper Fast is fast, so that's a pretty speedy uh, trio in the second line. Uh, Defensive responsibilities there might be a question mark for me, but there there is some talent there that uh, two of these guys could get into the 20 gold plateau then the third line Jimmy VC who I don't want to talk about too much cuz he ticked me off not signing with the leafs I think he uh, he'll have to prove to me whether he is worth all the fuss that was uh, we talked about in the offseason uh, around him, uh, a lot of press clippings. You'll, you'll get into that more. I know you're fired up about him too. Uh, Brandon Peary is a guy who put up a Cy Young-type numbers a while back with like 20 goals and four assists. You wonder if there's going to be more balance his, in his ledger this year. And JT Miller is a guy who is very underrated here too. He could challenge fast for second-line minutes on the right side. He plays a great two-way game, plays it at a high pace and would be very comfortable in a speed game and defensively responsible so beyond that there's one other guy that i want to point out who might threaten for top nine minutes and that's pavel buknevich in, in terms of a sleeper pick that might be a name to watch out for
0: i'm i'm with you there uh, on on most of their lines uh having one out on the the jimmy vesey uh sweepstakes rangers have slowly compiled some great young talent um specifically that third line that you mentioned uh vesey peary and miller Uh, Perry comes over most recently from the Ducks, uh, but was also with the Panthers last season. And on most teams, I think this could easily be a second-line trio. Um, What I find most impressive about those those moves to put together that third line is that the Rangers have been able to assemble kind of a core group of young guys without having to go through that typical multi-year rebuild. Um, If we we take a look at the mix on the blue line, uh, you got Mark Stahl, with uh, Ryan McDonough, then Nick Holden and Kevin Klein, uh, Finally, Brand, uh, Brandon Shea and Dan Girardi. And, and I'll be honest, I, I struggled with what to say about these guys. And I think it's because they seem to lack kind of that standout playmaker, yet they also don't have any glaring uh, defensive deficiencies. Uh, for kind of a, a you know, young prospect to look at, uh, I would look to Brandon uh, Shea to, to take on an expanded role following a solid playoff series against the Penguins. And I look for him to put up numbers similar to those of what you normally see out of Mark Stahl, kind of around a five-goal, 15-assist year. Uh, What do you see there, Paul?
2: Well, I I see that they've made a concerted effort to split things up a little bit. In the past, they've gone with a shutdown defensive pairing of Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi to get a lot of their minutes. But uh, over the last couple of seasons, we've seen Ryan McDonough emerge. I think he's probably going to be their top-scoring defenseman. Uh, he's just got to find a way to stay healthy, this guy. He played 73 games last year, which wasn't bad. Put up 34 points. I think he's capable of getting into the 40 to 50 range and uh, manning the the power play unit should get him there uh, this season, but he he'll be insulated and protected by the defensive skill of Mark Stahl. And then they divided things up further with uh, Kevin Klein is another guy who has an offensive upside. Klein last year had 26 points and a plus 16 rating. He has some offensive skill, and I could see him partnering with McDonough on the power play. But when the regular shift comes calling, it'll be Nick Holden and Kevin Klein in that mix. And then Shea will uh, benefit from playing with the best defensive defenseman in uh, this division probably and Dan Girardi I just wonder about all the travel miles on Girardi he's played a lot of minutes over the last several years and uh, I wonder if they'll catch up to him And maybe he, he is uh, well suited to a third line role one of the definite team leaders here then uh, we look at the goaltending situation and uh, Henrik Lundqvist uh, will have a fellow Euro backing him up uh, this year and anti-ranta. Lundqvist is a guy, uh, the way to define this team, the Rangers, is almost still, as far as uh, they're concerned, they'll go as far as Henrik Lundqvist can carry them. He's a goalie that can win a series in the playoffs by himself. But he's, uh, he didn't deliver to that level last year, and, and they were ousted pretty quickly. I was a little bit surprised by that, but uh, I will never undersell Henrik Lundqvist. I still think he's capable of being a top five goalie in this league, and so as long as that's the case, the Rangers are in a, a contending position, and uh, I think if he can stay healthy, he can easily top the 35-win plateau with uh, quality around
0: him here. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, King Henrik uh, reigns supreme at Madison Square Garden. Uh, his his only season without 30 wins was during that lockout shortened uh, 2012-13 campaign and even there he still tallied 24 victories. Uh, you add to that they were able to retain uh, Renata uh, Ranta, I'm sorry, uh, who has yet to have a losing season during his 3 years in the league and uh, the 27-year-old I don't think is going to have to wait long before teams start offering him a starting job.
2: Yeah, he has uh, got the pedigree to make the, to take the next step. He's had some interesting experiences on his resume already with Chicago topping the list obviously and uh, and uh, you make an interesting case there if if the, uh, anything happened to Lundquist, that guy would be a nice fill, I'm pretty sure uh, in a short-term situation. Now we're getting into, into uh, the the Pennsylvania portion of the division. We'll take a look first at the Philadelphia Flyers, who were fifth last season with a 41-27 and 14 record. The city of brotherly love will uh, show these forward lines Uh, a lot of talent in the top six here. Braden Shen, Claude Giroux, Wayne Simmons. For my money, Claude Giroux is maybe underrated, even though he's he's the team leader here, the captain, and the straw that stirs the drink. This guy's capable of threatening the hundred point plateau. Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen will love playing with him again. Simmons, one of the top power forwards in hockey, plays the game at a high speed, and he's a 30-goal possibility in this pairing if he can hold on to the role. Uh, Shen, for his part, on the left wing, looks like he's going to be unchallenged there, uh, getting the first-line minutes. So keep an eye on the right side, though, because Jakub Voracek has a pretty nice history with Giroux as well. So it'll depend who emerges from the starting gates on that right side to see which one of them is penciled in for that 30 goal season i'm calling simmons right now second unit features sean couturier a recent top draft pick who has taken some strides in the nhl toward uh frontline status he's a guy that should reach the 50 goal 50 point plateau michael raffle is an undersold uh, player on the left wing who has some upside he'll be a guy that that should threaten the 40 point plateau in my opinion Voracek is a guy who should pay, uh, lead the, this line in scoring, easily a 60-point guy, and maybe you can spike that up to 80 if he gets onto the first line. minutes. That's, that's the difference that'll that'll be here. And then things really drop off in terms of third line, and that's where this team could be in a little bit of trouble. They don't have a third-line depth, but uh, the likes of Chris Vandeveld, Pierre-Edouard Belmer, and Matt Reed will fill out that third unit, which will be more of a defensive line with all of these guys struggling to get beyond the fifteen goal plateau, but such as it is, and that's why I say that that's going to keep them from challenging for this division title.
0: As a as a Penguins fan, I, I generally can't stand this team, Paul. Um, <laughs> but you know, if I if I take off my my black and gold tinted glasses, uh, there's certainly some bright spots. Uh, Braden Shen, I think, perfectly combines production and physicality something uh, Philadelphia fans expect out of their hockey team. And while Shen's three-game suspension at the start of the season isn't going to make or break their year, I do have serious concerns about their ability to adjust to a a faster, less physical NHL. Uh, Last year, they averaged 11 minutes and 40 seconds in penalty time per game. That was fourth highest in the league. Uh, Their depth chart is built to be bruising and physical, but I think gone are the days in which that really breaks down your opponents and instead you just spend the night in the sin bin. Uh, to look uh, at their, to their defensive depth, uh, I see it playing out this way. you got Michael Delzato on the top pair with Shane uh, Gothisbear, who is the highlight of this unit coming off that breakout rookie campaign. As good as he was at even strength, what he does on the power play is that much more impressive Tallied eight goals and 14 helpers uh, while averaging four minutes a night with the man advantage. Uh, Down from there, you got Andrew McDonald and Mark Streit. And then that final pairing, uh, Nick Schultz and and Radko Gudis, who I think is another um, up and coming talent there. Um, what do you see there, Paul?
2: Well, I see this defense has the potential for three offensive studs on the blue line. The, the trouble is two of these guys have a real tough time staying healthy. I'm speaking of Michael Delzotto and Andrew McDonald, both of whom, if you add their games played last year, you still don't come up with a full season. But when they're healthy, they do add to the offense. The revelation here was the ghost. That's uh, Gostas Bear, who uh, came out of nowhere really last year to take over the range and be the power play quarterback. And I expect him to retain that role. He certainly looked very good in the early stages of this world cup you can even throw in a fourth guy with some offensive pedigree back there mark strike but the trouble is mark is coming around to almost 40 years of age by the end of this season and so there's a lot of travel miles there but that's four really good off guys with some offensive upside health is going to be the question mark there uh To see how far they go and they can carry this team schultz and gudas i like gudas as a a prototypical flyer defenseman a tough guy hard rock who delivers some of the best body checks you'll see between him and schultz though neither one of these guys is noted for offense they're going to be placeholders and depth holders on the blue line there in terms of the goaltending split uh, I'll, I'll also say Steve Mason is another guy who who can carry the load in terms of being a workhorse in the Nets. It's just a matter of him being able to stay healthy. Last year, he was limited to 54 games, 23 wins and 19 losses. He's going to need to be better than that uh, in terms of the ability to stay healthy. Michael Neuverth is a guy who can be a short-term fix, but uh, over his career, he's never been a front-line goalie, and, uh, but a pretty good... Uh, pretty good backup type so uh, again this team could be not unlike uh, maybe like New York Rangers light it'll be interesting to see how far Mason can carry them
0: yeah I I disagree with you a little bit here on the goaltending Paul I I think this is where the wheels start you know coming off when you talk about this team Um, for starters I, I think they lack a clear number one which you know means the coaches players and fans Immediately start asking for a change in between the pipe the minute something goes wrong. Saw that a little bit towards the end of last year with some indecision between which guy to go with. Uh, if I'm picking between the two, I'd give the slight edge to Newver. Uh He was a hair better with a 2.27 goals against average, but neither goalie was really that impressive last year boy you find it hard to say anything good about the flyers i can tell
2: (laughs) (laughs) well now let's take it over to your club this will be easier for you i think to to take up the gauntlet for the defending champs uh the pittsburgh penguins who wound up second in this division a year ago with a 48 26 and eight record and of course you were celebrating by the end of the playoffs a happy chappy i'm sure And uh, the cast of characters returning up front is very familiar. There's no change necessary when you've won the Cup and you've got a a top nine that looks like this with Chris Kunis, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Hornquist on the top line, Connor Sheary, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust on the second unit, and then the third unit, which really was a revelation in the playoffs, Carl Hagelin, Nick Bonino, and the former Leaf, Phil Kessel who uh, did a nice thing when he had his day with the Stanley Cup, he brought it back to Toronto and brought it to Six Kids Hospital, and uh, good for Phil, really happy for him. He was miscast with the Leafs, perfectly cast in Pittsburgh as a guy who is just a a pure sniper. This guy's not meant to go end-to-end, but inside the other team's blue line, he is one of the most deadly snipers around, and uh, they didn't even have to use him up. Experiments with Crosby and Malkin were not ultimately successful, but he did anchor that third line, and so top, to bottom there's a ton of depth here what you don't need to say much more about Sid the Kid other than he is still one of the best, uh, signature players in the, in the NHL and uh, leader on Team Canada. We'll say more about him in a minute, but he's been uh, enjoyed a really good working relationship with Chris Kunitz over the years, and, and a healthy Chris Kunitz should be able to get the 25-goal 25, 25 mark, uh, 50 points easily. Ha- Hornquist, another sniper type. Uh, Crosby has some pretty good uh, finishers. With his ability to d- distribute, this unit could, could uh, easily do much better scoring than they did last season. Connor Sheary was a bit of a revelation last year coming out of nowhere to become a top six forward working well with Evgeny Malkin who is is a horse Uh, uh, the only question about Malkin is can this guy stay healthy, it seems like every year he goes out of the lineup for a a stretch of 10 to 15 games and that can hurt his fantasy value Uh, he's going to be carrying the load here and uh, working with uh, another guy who's kind of unheralded in in, uh, Brian Rust, Rust is a guy who just by association with Malkin though should tease the 40 point plateau then that third unit we talked about, Hagelin Bonino and Kessel, Kessel's another, he can get Forty goals in the right scenario. He'll play a lot of power play time with the Stars on this team, but uh, with Benino and Hagelin, he can play. He, he's got two guys who can play the game at his pace. So this is a really strong three three forward lines here.
0: Yeah, if it was up to me, Paul, we'd wait until we could dedicate an entire podcast to talking about this team. Uh, but alas, I will work within the confines of the preview show. Um, Thank I you. don't think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I would get, uh, too much dissension in the ranks. If I called this the best third line in the NHL, um, and it was actually an injury to Evgeny Malkin that led coach Mike Sullivan to stumble across this outstanding trio of Hagelin, Kessel, and Benino. I think a full season together is only going to serve to improve their ability to rack up goals pretty much at will. Uh, I will disagree with you on one point as far as their line combinations go, and it, it it really centers around Chris Kunis. Uh, the veterans saw a significant drop in playtime during the postseason. Not to mention, Crosby has kind of found a new security blanket in Patrick Hornquist. I see Connor Shearer filling that left wing spot on the top line, give them some more speed up front. Uh, and Chris Kunis could drop all the way to the fourth line. Wow. And I'd, I'd actually slot in uh, uh, Tom Kunako with uh, Malkin and Rust. Uh, if I had a sleeper pick for, for breakout player, it would be that 24-year-old German. Very interesting call. So, uh, yeah, it, he he's shown a lot. He's he slotted in um, with Team Europe. I, I think he's a really a bright, bright talent there. Um, defensively, you're looking at uh, Brian Dumoulin with with Chris Letang, uh, Oli Mata with Trevor Daly, who will be back uh, from the, the ankle injury. And then I actually go, I, I know you might disagree with me here a little, Paul. I got Ian Cole on that third pairing along with Derek Poulat. Um, I, I think Cole is just going to edge out Justin Schultz for that last spot. Uh, Pittsburgh kind of did everything they could to hide Schultz during their Stanley Cup run, including subbing him off after extremely short shifts. Uh, this was one of the many reasons you saw Chris Letang uh, averaging near, nearly 29 minutes per night. And, and outside of Tanger, Brian Dumlin is perhaps the most important player on this blue line. No goals last season, but notched uh, 16 assists, was a plus 11. And just a heads up to fantasy owners that he'll continue to to anchor that Penn's second power play unit. Uh, what, what were your thoughts, Paul?
2: Well, uh, one of my favorite players in hockey who doesn't wear a Toronto jersey is Chris Letang. And I, I was so happy to see the rebound season that this guy had after all his Uh, difficulties with uh, heart trouble and other issues over the last couple of seasons he he came back to the upper echelon of blue liners and with the development of the likes of Oli Mata and Derek Pouliot these are two young defensemen who have a high upside high ceiling that has been untested. I look for both of them to t- kind of make the next step. And I agree with your assessment. Ian Cole is something of a placeholder here in case Pouliot doesn't take that next step. That's why I put him in that third pairing. But if uh, Pouliot develops as I think he, can ex- he, he may be expected to, he may even threaten for second line minutes. Schultz is a guy who underperformed in Edmonton, started to get his game together last year with the Penguins. I, I think he's a bit of a red flag in the defensive end, but certainly has offensive skill. Uh, Trevor Daly is a guy who was injured in the latter part of last season, but you can't forget about him and his time in Dallas. Uh, This guy proved to be uh, offensively capable. So I see offensive upside in in each of six defensemen here, and that's something I can't say about too many other teams in the NHL. I think the defending champs will be a tough team to knock off this season. In goal, uh, they feature Matt Murray, who was the star of the playoffs last year, coming from nowhere, but this guy was a highly regarded player in junior and, and did get some time. In the minors to hone his skills and unseated a guy who is very popular in the room, Marc Andre Fleury. And you got to give the flower some credit here, too, for taking that emotion in the playoffs with the style that he did. And that went a long way to keeping some dressing room harmony. This is going to be an interesting battle this year. I don't think Murray is the lock to be the number one guy and permanently unseat Fleury. There's a lot of money uh, in Fleury's contract that tells me, and a lot of fight in him that tells me that. We haven't seen the last of him in the Pittsburgh uniform, but you're a little closer to that fire. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this goal split, which looks like it could be pretty
0: even to start the season. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest questions surrounding this this team. Is Matt Murray the real deal? Um, His postseason and World Cup performances seem to support that, uh, but he still has just 13 regular season games under his belt. And hasn't really been tested in that night to night grind. Um, you saw that a little bit with the back to back World Cup games. He struggled a little bit in that second game. Uh, so there are definitely some questions there. Uh, in the meantime, Fleury continues to insist uh, at pretty much every turn that he has no interest in leaving the Steel City uh, and that winning is his number one priority. Whether or not Mike Sullivan can make this uh, two-headed monster function is going to be the real test.
2: Yeah, that's going to be probably the the one little cloud that hangs over this club in the early going. But otherwise, I think that they're going to be right there when the when the playoff tickets are handed out. I see them going a long way uh, as they did last season, but. I may not agree with you in terms of the eventual Stanley Cup champ. We're a couple of weeks away from calling that, but I'll tease that right now. We'll finish up in this division with a look at the Washington Caps, whose uh, regular season mark of 56-18-8 was the best by far in the entire league. They almost lapped the field, but they didn't have what it took uh, when it got to the playoffs, adding yet another playoff failure to a list that uh, is kind of the only blemish on Alexander Ovechkin's resume, I would say. He, uh, though, is joined with another familiar cast in terms of top nine forwards. There's only one change, albeit I think it's a significant one when you go through this. Uh, Ovechkin, Backstrom and Oshi figure to be the top scoring line. Ba- oh, Backstrom though will be challenged for top line minutes here with Evgeny Kuznetsov who played long stretches with uh, Ovechkin last year. It's just that Backstrom, Backstrom and Ovechkin have a long, long history together and really you've got to keep an eye on that first line to see who does get the role with Ovechkin because that's going to mean maybe 20 extra points uh, either Kuznetsov or Backstrom's resume. Backstrom right now it's a guy you can look at uh, maybe a lot of people aren't aware but he's been a point a game guy through his career and as long as Ovi's on that wing he's going to be right there again and Oshie is one of the better uh, power play uh, players and a guy who can play the game with some toughness and some speed to match up with the skill of the other two guys this could be the best line in hockey in my opinion but the second line features the Kuznetsov uh, dynamite playmaker one of the stars on the russian national team in this tournament and uh, a guy who's been a real flash and dash type guy ever since his junior career Uh, a guy that you can't help but notice he plays the game uh, with high octane in his tank and uh, a guy who's really benefited from that partnership is Andrei burakovsky burakovsky is a guy who i think is primed for a breakout campaign and could threaten the 60 point mark Uh, whether his partnership was with with Kuznetsov or Backstrom, he's in a no-lose situation. And then rounding out that unit is Justin Williams, who has a huge resume with playoff success and regular season consistency. This is a guy you can wind up and pencil in for 20 to 25 goals and virtually 50 points every time around. So that's very solid top six and then there's a bit of a drop-off but not as much as some other teams when you feature the likes of Marcus johansson and tom wilson they're pluggers but they're elevated by the fact that lars eller comes over from montreal and maybe away from the bright lights of montreal this guy will finally realize his vast potential he's another big center playmaking skills all over the all over the place and uh, a guy who might see his best year as a pro if uh, he can reach the potential that has been forecast for him but he could go south too and this uh, this is the enigmatic nature of this player that frustrated the Habs he can go as low as 15 goals and 30 points this year or he can get upwards of 50 it's the boomer bust uh, candidate of of maybe this division in Lars Eller in my opinion.
0: And one thing is for absolute certainty, uh, Alexander Ovechkin is going to score goals. <laughs> but, but this is also what I think stops him from, from winning the Stanley Cup. And to illustrate what I'm talking about, if you take a look at the top 20 point producers from last season, every single player in the top 10 had more assists than they did goals. And only uh, Vladimir Tarasenko at number 13 and Ovechkin at number 15 got more points from goals than from assists. And I think this illustrates the fact that number eight just does not make the guys around him better like the rest of the top players in the league. And I think it's the biggest reason that he hasn't won the cup yet, hasn't been able to secure that uh, Olympic hockey victory. And I don't think uh, team Russia is going to win the, the world cup here either. Um, it's, it's something I've talked about um, to, to other people repeatedly, you know, the top guys have to make guys around them better. And he almost is two to one goals to assist. And he just, um, you know, he just lacks that that ability to make those other guys better, and so defenses can really just key off on him. And this is why he struggles in the postseason. They plan for it. They they expect him to get goals, um, but they stop. You know, if they can stop him or limit him at least, uh, it, it makes the rest of the team struggle. Um, take a look at the the blue line for this uh, for this team. Carl Osner. Paired up with John Carlson on the top line. I've got uh, Dmitry Orlov with uh, Matt Niskanen, and then uh, Nate Schmidt and uh, Taylor Chorney as the bottom group. Uh, it's a slightly aging unit that's kind of been dogged by injuries of late. Uh, Orpic played just half of the 2015 16 season. Alsner and Carlson are both recovering from pretty significant injuries, and their one young and healthy player in Orlov has yet to sign his qualifying offer. And there are rumors he could wind up playing in the KHL. Whether that comes to to pass or not, I'm not really sure. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely a concern. Uh, What do you see there?
2: Yeah, I think that's the biggest red flag on the blue line. This is a guy who did put up 29 points last year playing a full schedule and is capable of much more. And I was looking for him to take the next step. But you wonder how how uh, prepared for this season he will be going through this rfe rfa process if it lingers into the training camp at all that's a big red flag for me but uh, their blue line is insulated by the fact that they do boast two of the better playmaking defensemen in this conference in matt niskanen And John Carlson. Carlson is a a bona fide stud uh, blue liner, and Niskanen is not far behind him. These guys can both man the power play, one of the most potent units in all of hockey. So they have quite a bit of quality in terms of their top scoring options on the blue line, but not the overall depth that uh, we cited in Pittsburgh. So, really, Orloff is going to be the big question mark in this mix. I do expect that the Caps will make every effort to sign this guy, and uh, if they do, they will uh, be much better for it. In terms of the goaltending mix, uh, maybe the best goaltender in hockey, in my opinion, this guy last year, uh, at least, uh, he, for through the first sixty games, there was no doubt about it. His play did tail off in the last quarter of the campaign. Braden Holtby, a workhorse uh in the nets he can play almost up to 70 games uh, again if healthy and uh, there's no reason to think that he won't be so i expect him to be among the goaltending leaders in wins he neared 50 last year threatening the all-time mark in fact i think he wound up with a tie with uh, Brodeur's record if memory serves so he really rewarded me handsomely in the pools where i had him in season long but uh, there's some quality behind him. Uh, Philip Grubauer is a guy, uh, I think he, he's a guy that uh, won't be long for the Capitals because of the expansion coming up, might be a solid candidate for the Las Vegas team to draft in that regard. That's how, how, how much I think of him. So that's my view on the goaltending slant here.
0: Well, how stacked is Team Canada that Braden Holtby is their healthy, scratching goal? I mean, this this guy was, as you mentioned, shooting for that 50 mark uh, win last season or 50 win mark, excuse me, last season. And while I'd expect a, a minimal drop off only because that was such an astronomical number, if there's a goalie better suited to reach 50 wins, I haven't seen him.
2: That's a big thing for a guy to say when he's not on the Pittsburgh uniform. I'm proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get into our team outlook. We we've given you the outlooks. Now let's get into the standings and see the predicted order of finish. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to have to say Cap- Capitals are my team pick uh, for first place. A narrow edge edging of the Pittsburgh Penguins there. Then it drops off a little bit to uh, the Rangers uh, in third spot and then the Flyers will be nip and tuck to get fourth and hold on to a wild card spot holding off Carolina a team that I think is on the upswing a team going the other way as the Islanders I think the, the losses that they suffered in free agency are going to have them drop in this division but uh, they'll still stay ahead of uh, the cellar dwelling combo of Columbus and New Jersey how do you see it playing out
0: yeah it shouldn't come as as any surprise I got Pittsburgh on top here um, I think they're just they're too talented. They're too good of a team. And, you know, with a full year with Mike Sullivan uh, manning the the bench there, I, I think they're just uh, they're going to be a, a tough, uh, tough team to beat Washington in at number two. Again, they Ovechkin's going to put up goals. You know, their goaltending is phenomenal. Uh, Rangers at number three for me. Solid team. Again, quality goaltending. I've got Carolina at number four. Uh, with them making the playoffs here, uh, I, th- I think they'll just edge out, in my, in my opinion, that Islanders team. They they did slip a little bit. They'll be in contention for most of the year. Uh, then New Jersey, and I've got Philadelphia all the way down at seven. Uh, I just think, you know, there's a lot of concerns with that team. Homer there's, play. Uh, <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, at the bottom, uh, pretty much right where you had him Columbus, as I said, it's a, it's a confounding team. They have talent, but it, they're just not able to put it together.
2: Well, and now we come to the fun part of the show for me. I always challenge myself and uh, invited you to do the same for the stud and the rant of the week. In fact, you came up with a great rant, so I'll give that one to you. But for my stud of the week, we are going to stay in this division and s- point out Sidney Crosby. In terms of team building in a short tournament, that's a key. Uh, and Sid the Kid gets it with the World Cup preparation for Team Canada. With the Pens, he's also the guy who looks after the new additions. And so, as he's shown with Team Canada, he arranged team functions when a pre-turning game took place in Pittsburgh when they played against the United States. This guy is fired up to play 365 days a year, it seems. And it's shown already in this preseason showcase. And others are forced to follow suit when the league's best player or signature player, shows up ready to play. Don't forget, he had that short summer after winning the Cup, and I think he's really matured and knows that winning is not to be taken for granted, nor is representing your country, and he does both with style and an understated class that uh, I don't think he gets enough, enough recognition for. Uh, to me, Sid Crosby is still the standard bearer for the National Hockey League, and uh, if you want to hold up an example for young kids to follow uh, in terms of... a. Uh, what it takes to be a pro Sid, Sid, Sidney Crosby is a shining example so he earns my raves for the stud of the week but I'm going to give the floor to you for the rant of the week a very clever one I thought
0: yeah the the rant of the week again we'll, we'll stay in this division um, we talked about him earlier uh, my rant of the week is Jimmy Vesey in the, in the quote-unquote Jimmy Vesey sweepstakes uh, the hockey world was treating this like a LeBron style decision <laughs> for the basketball <laughs> fans out there uh, yet Vesey has he hasn't suited up for an NHL game yet sure he was great at Harvard but he, this guy was still a third round pick uh, while he was playing collegiate hockey and you know team after team came in made their pitch with their top players working to persuade him on, on why their team was the best but I'm not convinced he's the generational talent This this entire circus made him out to be
2: yeah you know what I had to s- uh, soothe myself because I was hoping that he would come to Toronto but well, all you've said is true in fact if he was all that why isn't he on either the team USA or uh, the team North America he didn't make the grade in either regard this guy was uh, a former third round pick and he, I think he was there on merit typically it's the first two uh, rounds that produce the blue chip prospect's he is a cut below, although he did play very well last year and and did take a step up in his offensive game. You just wonder if uh, where this guy winds up in terms of the hierarchy of the Rangers. And I think it was a lot of a hullabaloo over him over the summer, like you said, for a guy who didn't rate a mention in in the World Tournament, the World Cup tournament that's taking place. So great call in this of the rant of the week, AJ, and a, and a great effort by you again on this show. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, Remember to follow AJ at AJScholes24, and you can follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. And we'd ask you to look out for our hockey pod every week, and don't forget about the contest to name our show. Uh, Come back next week, and you'll get the latest news and our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contests. So long, everybody.
1: So, you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course, you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course, you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger.